This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Todd Willits, and I'm joined by EPFR's economist, Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what our teams were monitoring last week in the data EPFR tracks, as well as what we'll look for in the upcoming week. Cam, good morning. Uh, how was your time off last week? Uh, very pleasant. Uh, I got to see a lot of uh, slightly past its peak New England foliage and uh, float a lot of different flies down different rivers, uh, all of nearly all of which were ignored contemptuously by the trout I was after. Um, but a good time was had. That's how fishing turns to hiking in the story. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I, wo- I woke up last Friday to a note from one of the big banks regarding pretty sizable equity inflows uh, that EPFR tracked. But it looks like from what I'm seeing, the retail market may have missed out on it. So what did you, what did we see last week? So what we saw last week was certainly um, solid uh, flows to uh, the equity funds that we track, uh, though they were concentrated in three groups, uh, emerging markets, uh, global and U.S. equity funds. What was notable was that uh, retail interest, which I won't say has been strong this year, but has been notably more pronounced than it has been for a couple of years, uh, took a step back. Uh, retail redemptions uh, from U.S., Japan, Europe, and, and uh, global funds were all somewhere in the range of six to 12-week highs. Uh, and in the case of global funds, uh, was sort of only the second retail outflow since the beginning of the third quarter. So question, uh, uh, what brought institutional yeah. investors back in in this case? Um, I think there is is a feeling, certainly in the U.S., that uh, one way or other there will be a stimulus package. Uh, it may not arrive before the election, uh, but it uh, will do... Uh, once the dust has settled, um, the continuing uh, trend of aggressive accommodation in central bank policy, you know, it, it remains a, an ongoing tailwind for equities. Uh, and in the case of the emerging markets, um, you know, the return has uh, had a distinct toe in the water quality to it. So uh, I think you know, investors feel that uh, as long as certain variables don't get too bad, that there's more room to step back in in that particular asset class. So speaking of and, and staying on the retail topic, it uh, looks like China equity funds may have been the, the exception here. Um, do, do we see that retail money coming back in as a play on the China recovery story? Well, I, I think definitely that the fact that uh, China is likely to uh, post the best headline growth numbers in the world uh, for this year has encouraged retail investors uh, to give China another look. 
but China's equity markets uh, his, in recent history have been strongly retail driven. Uh, so uh, I think for sort of uh, investment in China equity funds and indeed bond funds as a whole, the fact that such strong retail interest uh, at the moment uh, you know, is not sort of an unalloyed plus, uh, it does bring to mind uh, the period uh, before mid-2015 uh, when uh, a retail rush for the exits in China uh, cause serious uh, stress for China's domestic equity markets. Uh, and indeed, we saw overall modest outflows from China equity funds this week. So uh, I, I guess a question that's been lingering, are, are you, is it getting to the point where a lot of these data sets that we look at, uh, is, is China pulling away from the EM bunch? Are we seeing a delineation between uh, that market, the performance, and the rest of the emerging markets? Um, <laughs> a very good question. Um, certainly, uh, we're we're heading in that direction. Um, you know, month after month, we see China's uh, share of the average gem fund portfolio hit a fresh record high. Uh, it's now over a third uh, for the gem funds that report their allocations to us, uh, and it's taking off steadily uh, among the gem bond funds. Um, and we have certainly, as, as we've sort of become more involved in finding new windows to Chinese markets, uh, picked up a pretty strong underlying debate as to whether uh, the time has come for uh, the gem fund universe to split into gem and gem X China in the way that global funds tend to bucket into fully global mandates and global X US. Uh, we aren't quite there yet, I think, in part because of reservations about uh, some of the sort of structural underpinnings of China's um, financial markets, which in fairness, the Chinese authorities are aware of and, and steadily working uh, to correct. Um, but overall, I think the trend is, as you suggest, towards a much more uh, clear delineation between China and the rest of the EM universe. So, of course, we're talking about this, but in the last even few weeks, we've seen uh, exposure to EM slowly creeping up via uh, continued inflows. What, what are we seeing when we look at the rest of the emerging markets? What's the story you're seeing emerge? Well, uh, I'm seeing uh, def a definite preference for exposure, uh, either diversified exposure or exposure to emerging Asia. Uh, within Latin America, just in the past three weeks, we started to see a, a very clear rotation between uh, from Brazil to Mexico equity funds. Um, until recently, Brazil had rebounded quite nicely thanks to its uh, resilient domestic demand and um, more talk of uh, Brazil's somewhat stalled reform agenda. Um, but with Bolsonaro's administration getting more focused on fiscal stimulus rather than the gritty, painful work of pushing structural reforms through a 
reluctant legislature. Uh, investors starting to take another look at Mexico. Uh, and I think sort of seeing value there, uh, partly based on the assumption that uh, the Democrats will be in control uh, of the U.S. government uh, starting next year uh, and that their attitude towards Mexico will be <laughs> somewhat different from uh, the current incumbents. So when when we talk, uh, usually when we're talking on this podcast, obviously, it's about the flow data. It's uh, the daily signal that our, our teams use. Uh, but we do have, obviously, a, an allocations data set as well. Do you think this demand mm-hmm. for Mexico, as an example, um, or mm-hmm. any of the uh, emerging Asia, Latin America generally, do you anticipate seeing those percentage allocations rise in the data we track? Um, I am anticipating that, though um, not to fudge, but uh, I'm waiting on the latest round of allocations data, which comes out monthly. So by the end of next week, we should have the updated numbers for September. Um, And since the uh, trends we've been talking about really gathered momentum last month, uh, I am expecting uh, to see some of them reflected in the sort of global and gem numbers. Um, the, the shift to Mexico is a little more recent than the broader shift back towards emerging markets. So it may or may not be reflected um, in the data, but uh, I would sort of go out on a limb and say that I think it will be. So uh, obviously, you'll, as you mentioned, you'll be taking a look at that next Friday uh, or this upcoming Friday. What what else are you lo- you and the team looking at this week uh, in the data? Well, um, you know, the, <laughs> Brexit once again remains the gift that keeps on giving, um, and the fact that. Once again, the EU and UK are sort of scrambling uh, at the last minute to resolve uh, a deadline they've known about for months. Uh, it is definitely having an impact on, on the data uh, we're seeing in Europe. Uh, and within that, uh, uh, the team and I will be taking, I think, a closer look uh, at Spain, which is sort of emerging uh, as uh, in the role of the the sick man that Italy has played for so long in, in the broader narrative. Um, and we'll also be taking uh, a bit more of a look at Japan. Uh, Japan has somewhat flown under the radar in all of this, um, but it, it is at an inflection point with new leadership after a, a very long tenure, the very long tenure of Shinzo Abe. Um, so I, I think uh, it's about time we dug a little more deeply uh, into the data as it relates to the world's third largest economy. Fair enough. Uh, thanks for your time this morning, Cam, and have a great week. You too. Cheers. As always, you can find EPFR on LinkedIn and on Twitter at EPFR. To sign up to receive our EPFR daily exchange research we spoke about here, you can visit financialintelligence.informa.com. For questions or to suggest a topic for an upcoming podcast, you can email EPFR exchange podcast at informa.com. <laughs>